Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Sex Sales Podcast, the podcast where a comedian talks to a relationship therapist. This is mm, this is going to be a uh, well a passionate podcast, I assume. It's going to get heated, maybe. Although I, I I think I might agree with Eliza on a lot of the opinions we have. Uh, there's a podcast that has grown in notoriety and popularity over the last year. It's called the Fresh and Fit Podcast. I've had a few messages and comments about that podcast and uh, a few of their clips have blown up on uh, TikTok and it's very controversial, I suppose you could call it that. It's, it's I suppose, a, a mix of uh, mm, pop psychology with red pill uh, ideas and a lot of just attention grabbing, uh, if you know, things that they're doing uh basically they're these two main hosts on the podcast and they have a panel of guests uh they have quite a few female guests on there usually they have uh a lot who seem to be instagram models or dancers you can call them that and then there's a lot of men who uh are often known in maybe the red pill space as well and they end up just uh yelling over each other and often kicking some of the girls out, which uh, is usually what they use as the highlights. Now, I've got to admit, sometimes it's entertaining. Uh, whether I uh, agree with their message, well, I just think it's a it's a very sort of pop psychology way of looking at some of these issues. And I, I guess I can see why it's popular, but uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't say I'm a big fan of it or anything like that. But I've told Eliza to look at a a few clips and uh as expected she she was not a fan <laughs> so uh we're gonna just delve into why that has grown into popularity and uh maybe just why some more of that red pill philosophy has become more mainstream now i'm, I'm seeing on a lot of podcasts uh guys that i wouldn't have expected to talking about things like you know male and female psychology and uh, the ratios on online dating and hypergamy and all these things that were just a very niche conversation a couple of years ago. But before we get into that, Eliza, how are you? How are you going? I'm feeling already triggered. <laughs> I, as soon as you said, let's do this, and I realized which podcast we're talking about, I just knew I was going to hate this. But so, so you'd already seen clips of I it? I already have, yes. Um, and let me tell you, there's not much that gets under my skin. <laughs> But this just frustrates me so much. Um, so, yeah, can't wait to talk about it for an hour. But um, it is something that I think a lot of people want to hear about and know about because it's so controversial. And um, like you said, it's how do these people have such a massive, almost cult-like following? So, yeah, let's unpack it, I guess. But how are you? I'm good, thanks. Yeah, I uh, just in the in the thick of things, just uh, doing my shows. So come to it, come to the shows, comedyuntamed.com. Um, just making sketches, just the usual. Yeah, but uh, how are you? It's not long now till the yeah, little one arrives. Yeah, doing well, cruising along as much as you can be. Um, so just yeah, it's been pretty good. I'm working part time now, which has been. God, just Great. such a difference. I just, if people could just, or everyone could work part-time, life would just be 
so amazing um it's it's incredible the difference it makes and you know how they're rolling out that thing in australia now where it's like you can work four day work weeks and some people are opting to have their organizations do that i wish mine was but no <laughs> not yet um but it's it makes you think i think it is going to be one yeah. of those things that's going to be really good and people should do more of they do say in a four-day work week, there's uh, studies that show people are overall more productive yeah. through the week, which is surprising to me, to, to be honest, because I think with that extra day, even if you're um, 10% less productive when you're working five days through the week, you're still overall going to have a, a more of an output. But hmm, I guess you just need to be 20% more productive because we're talking about a 20% reduction in hours. So you've got to make that up in productivity. So that makes yeah, sense. it's interesting that a lot of the companies that have opted to do it, which I didn't think would do, it, is actually like construction and trade and things like that. Um, and they showed massive increases in productivity when their work week was reduced by a day. So super interesting. Hmm. Hmm. Well, uh, I'm... Uh... I'm a sole trader, so I got no. <laughs> you can I got just no days, choose. Got no hours. <laughs> Do you choose yeah, to overwork? You're always working. It's good and bad. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's because I procrastinate so much as well. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. Um. And hey, look, if you've got some extra time, and you're making love to your partner, and you want to use as much of that extra time as possible, you should get yourself the Steady Freddy Delay Spray. These are our sponsors, by the way. <laughs> so Steady Freddy have their patented delay spray. Uh, if you come early, if you suffer from premature ejaculation, that doesn't mean necessarily you come in 30 seconds. Maybe you, uh, maybe you last 10 minutes, but you want to last 15, 20 minutes. Get this spray. It's formulated by Dr. David Reiner. And, of course, uh, use uh, as directed. Read all the labels before you use it. But uh, it's all natural ingredients. And they also have ball boost tablets. My friend Daniel's been taking these, said it's, uh, you know, tripled the size of his load. So with sperm counts decreasing by the day, get yourself some ball boost tablets. And they've also got condoms and wipes. They've got everything you need for your sexual health. So go to steadyfreddy.com, use the code SEXCELLS, and you get 15% off. And we're also sponsored by Crush Organics. Go to crushorganics.com. That's crush with a K. Use the code NEIL and you'll get 40% off a huge range of CBD oil and CBD oil products. Uh, they have got a range, a huge range of the oils. You want to start off with the daily oil, move up to the platinum, the diamonds. I love that platinum oil. It's part of my nightly routine now. Every night before bed, have a few drops. And they've also got uh, pain cream. Mm. And they've got CBD oil for your pets. So crushorganics.com, crush with a K, use the code Neil. And again, uh, if you haven't used it before, just uh, start off with two or three drops, read the labels, use as directed, common sense stuff. But go to crushorganics.com and use the code Neil and you get 40% off. And if you'd like to send in a question or a topic to this podcast or a shout out, go to neilcolhatka.com slash podcasts. And you can uh, send in a question or a topic or a shout out and all the money from your subscription will go straight to charity, the Life You Can Save charity. So it's a great cause. Get on board. And finally, come see me live, comedyuntamed.com. Don't just see me. See a, a range of comedians, uh, handpicked 
Some of the best in the country. Some of the best undiscovered comedic talent come along. We've got shows all up and down the East Coast. And we're working on Adelaide and Perth. But uh, right now, Brisbane, Melbourne, Sydney, Western Sydney, and Newcastle. Come along. Comedyuntamed.com. All right. Fresh and fit. So, uh, I suppose I've already given a rundown of uh, what it's about. But uh, there are these two guys here, and they're American. It's all an American podcast. Myron Gaines, I think, is the main one. The other guy just kind of actually simps over him, I feel. And he is a very uh, outspoken, opinionated man, Mm. to say the least. Very controversial man. Uh, Neither of them are really... A lot of people will say, all right, you know, they're incels. But look, neither of them seem that bad looking. Yeah, They're based in Miami. And look, from the... Uh, the guests that they have on the podcast, I think it's pretty clear that it's from Miami. And I think probably the first criticism I have is they they don't exactly get the most uh, intelligent people who disagree with them on there to actually articulate their opinions very well. They seem to get, and look, no, no disrespect to Instagram models. I know a lot who are very intelligent, but look, the stereotype uh, hasn't just fallen out of the sky and they get a lot of, uh, I suppose, that ilk of women to uh, uh, argue very basic points and that makes them look very smart, makes them them look very intelligent. It proves their point. This is what annoys me so much. So basically like 90% of their conversation is saying if a woman has, if you're with a woman and she has Instagram, she's cheating or it's unfaithful. However, as a man, you're more successful. Therefore, you should be able to have multiple partners or cheat. You, sh- you know, it's it's by our biology to want to spread our seed and women need to be loyal. Uh, yet what's interesting is these men have never actually had a relationship ever. Easier <laughs> um, yeah, And they speak about it all the time. Interesting. Giving relationship interesting. advice yet can't maintain a relationship with a woman. And then they get these gorgeous bombshells onto their show so they'll have like four to eight women at a time sitting with them and the girls either well let's yeah let's just say the women that they get on there uh <laughs> they put maps contestants to shame <laughs> with the amount of plastic surgery they've yeah, had yeah well what is interesting about it is so the women kind of prove their point by one either being you know a little bit ditzy or growing and with everything they say and basically showing to them, yes, men are more intelligent. You guys have all the great points. And they said they're going, wow. And the ones that push back saying, hang on, I think this is actually really disrespectful, just get instantly kicked off the show. Um, and then what's interesting is when you look at this guy's podcast, uh, podcast highlights on TikTok, every single highlight he puts up is specifically of him having arguments with women and disrespecting them, not letting them talk, and the second they open their mouth, kicking them off. Um, so it's like, why is that your whole image? But what I found out, which is interesting, is that the, all the women that come onto the show, he doesn't find them off Instagram. He finds them he off them. seeking arrangements. Um, so oh, he's going go. after a specific type of woman to prove his point that women only want to go upwards with wealthy men. So therefore, men can have sex with whoever. But if he was getting just the general public women to come on his show, it'd be a completely different story. So, oh, it's so frustrating. Have you seen that clip of when um, Kyle and Jackie O 
called him up yeah. and they just annihilated Look, I mean, if Carl Sanderland, <laughs> if, if Carl Sanderlands is uh, uh, taking you down because of your lack of morality, I think yeah, that says a lot. Something. It was so funny, so yeah. satisfying. <laughs> <laughs> I think they should have just let him talk because he would have uh, dug himself further. Uh, it would have been interesting. It would have been interesting to hear what he had to say. But I mean, look, it's a, we sort of know what he's going to say there. But uh, what I really wanted to uh, unpack was okay. It's I think we both agree that look, it's, if you're listening to this podcast, you're getting like the lowest common denominator opinions on the sort of issues that we talk about. But it's grown in popularity mm. very quickly. I mean, I saw it, I think, around this time last year, maybe, and it had less than 100,000 subscribers on YouTube. It's now huge, and they've been on, you know, Andrew uh, Schultz's podcast, and they've been on Kyle and Jackie O. Mm. Um, they've been on – there was this controversy where they were – talking about uh, why they don't go for black women. Yeah, that's right. And it at least looks like one of them is definitely black. I think the Marlon, I don't know, he's ambiguously brown, kind of like yeah. me. So I don't know what his uh, racial heritage is. But um, that's where the controversy came from. Mm. Uh, that was, I suppose, a big point of controversy. And I think even Charlemagne the God, who I'm not, I'm not the biggest fan of either, but he uh, called them out and a few other people called them out. But like, with a lot of... I suppose, controversial YouTubers and commentators today, the call-out culture actually benefits yeah. them because then they just, it proves a lot of their points, which is that, oh, no one's willing to listen to the truth. Everyone wants to cancel you and not listen mm -hmm. to you. And uh, it all just plays into their narrative and the narrative that their listeners have adopted. So yeah, why do you think uh, Fresh and Fit and there's a few other guys out there. I think we might do a podcast on Andrew Tate one day because he's another one who's gaining a lot of notoriety um, through TikTok. And he set up a business which, okay, ignoring the ethics of it, it is smart, but it's mm. probably, uh, it's arguably very unethical. But uh, why do you think it's grown in popularity so much, a podcast like this? And do you think maybe 10 years ago before online dating, uh, before Instagram and, and, and Tinder, do you think a podcast like this would have actually uh, gotten to this level of popularity? I think it still would have. Um, I think a massive part of it is, like you said, the controversy of it. And if you look through their recent comments and all their videos, their videos gets hundreds and, or hundreds of thousands of views. Um, yeah. And we got to start doing more yeah. controversial. <laughs> and all of the comments are like uh, totally ripping into them being like, you could not be spitting more bullshit if you try. This is completely inaccurate. This is not how women work. Everything is saying, shutting them down. But I looked at their old videos from, like you said, like a year ago, and all of the comments were men agreeing with them. So before it became like known of being controversial, they had a huge following of just people that religiously followed them and believed them. And I can understand the appeal to um, kind of the incel community and things like that, saying, you know, women only want you for money, so it's okay if you only want women for sex. And if he, he says all the time, if a woman turns you down or doesn't want to fuck you, or if he, he literally says, if she's not sucking, fucking, or pleasuring you, then kick her to the curb. That's his, like 
motto and he it kind you can see how it feeds into that mentality that of the incel community that you know women you know they're frustrating and they only want us for this and this and yet these guys are showing they embody that so they're like i'm speaking facts because look at me i'm good looking i'm very successful look at all the beautiful women on my podcast clearly i'm highly desired um so therefore, what I'm saying is completely accurate. And it's also just kind of like a little bit of cult mentality and, you know, cult psychologies and that and sometimes things that are so outlandish and controversial do gather people's interests. And when you speak with such author- like authoritative and they speak so well and it sounds intelligent the way they talk. They're clearly well-spoken I, men. So it sounds believable at times when they speak about things. I feel like that's also an American phenomenon. When you speak to any American, they're very confident. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They just speak with like, I mean, they think like everything they're saying is 100% fact. There's no science or anything other than it's biology. And then um, yeah. which they've twisted as well, which is really frustrating. But my kind of, I guess, theory on these men is, and I don't mean to talk, you know, talk shit about them, but I think that either one, they were growing up in upbringings, maybe like specific cultural upbringings where their father did not show respect to their mother. So they haven't seen or been able to mirror respect to women. Um, Two, they didn't receive any affection and haven't actually learned to have empathy because they actually do not have any empathy. And regardless of the reasoning, somehow they have ended up with extremely low emotional intelligence Um, and they compensate their low emotional intelligence for being highly confident and speaking well and speaking intelligently outside of emotions. So they can speak about all these things and people are like, wow, you know, he speaks well, he's rich, he's successful, he's handsome. There's all these women, there must be something to it. So... Yeah, it's kind of like they've got it figured out in terms of how to make themselves look accurate. What would probably make themselves look better if they actually had ever had a relationship or women speaking positively about their interactions with them, which has yet to ever happen. Their whole narrative is that there's no point in having a relationship if you're a uh, quote-unquote high-value man. So uh, they're not going to be having one. They're just going to be looking to... uh, go on to the next fling i mean i don't know maybe in their personal life maybe it's all an act maybe it's all a charade Mm. who knows i'm sure they're amplifying uh some of those controversial points because they know it gets views but then the way that the social media ecosystem exists now is that you're incentivized to amplify some of those more controversial views and then that actually just becomes what you're known for and who you are so there's a range of factors i think that have played into the success of a podcast like this and 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 also the more uh, i suppose the the commercialization and the and the mm-hmm. increasing mainstream popularity of some of the ideas in you know what the the red pill movement which many years ago was just on a few forums and websites it's now like i said previously a lot of guys just uh are talking about this sort of stuff and i think online dating uh has uh definitely changed the culture and it has uh made everyone from both genders more um superficial and you know just 
you're able to just uh, dismiss people on a whim. And the uh, you know the, the, there are a lot of in there are more incels than ever before. There are a lot of disgruntled people everywhere, and they want answers. And it's much easier to adopt a narrative that says, "Oh, none of this is your fault." There's just broader cultural issues at play. Uh, there's broader biological issues at play, and you don't have to take any responsibility. So that's much mm. easier to adopt a narrative like that rather than saying, well, I guess I am a piece of shit and I need to better myself. Um, so I think people generally lean towards ideologies and, and narratives that are self-serving and maintain their ego. Exactly. Um, I think the, uh, the, the way social media is now, uh, something like this was, uh, was bound to grow in popularity and notoriety because it is, look, it's very, it is entertaining on a, on a non- let's let's ignore the 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 validity of what they're saying and or lack thereof and i do find myself much more entertained listening to a, a clips from a fresh and fit podcast rather than listening to say brett weinstein and heather hying who talk about uh things like the evolutionary biology and psychology and and the the exact scientific differences and psychological differences between men and women and how culture plays a role in our dating life and and they have a they're both uh you know professors that they're extremely intelligent and nuanced and well read but sure they don't just grab my attention the way uh mm. marlon does when he's saying yo get the fuck off my podcast <laughs> yeah. like, and andrew tate's there being like okay look listen yeah. <laughs> If you if you don't have a man by twenty five, you're expired. And then just all the comments fucking blowing up. The entertainment factor there is uh, it's far more. It's just attention grabbing, and you kind of want to read the comments more than yeah, anything. Yeah, you love to watch so, things that are juicy and like you know. It's like that. It's almost exactly like it. you know. Um, what's her name? Danielle something, and it's just the Catch Me Outside girl, and she mm. became famous because people were hating on her on the internet for her arcing up to dr phil saying catch me outside how about that but very it was hilarious and everyone like just completely ridiculed her for ages and then from the hate she became famous and now she's like a multi-millionaire doing shows internationally all around the world she's huge and she's so filthy rich but she didn't gain a fan base from people liking her she gained it from people hating her and it's the same as like because uh, we always reference maths jessica power <laughs> the blonde one from a couple of seasons Who's ago that? she cheated on her husband oh, okay. and everyone hated her completely hated her and now she is in hollywood working with like famous actors she's massive google yeah. her look at her up jessica powers but she she was hated on for like six months before she became famous um so oh yeah yeah, yeah. i remember her super interesting oh. well uh you know <laughs> look attention sells yeah but what do they say any publicity is good yeah, publicity and that's exactly. more true than ever before yeah so and then and then all this does is just further just it just solidifies people's tribal associations and each science get more extreme and then and then what happens is uh these guys these fresh and fit guys are held up as 
in the same way they're holding up these idiot women and saying, look how correct I am, look how truthful I am. These guys are then held up, I'm sure, by other, uh, you know, blogs and podcasts on the other side of the culture wall saying, look how stupid these men are Mm. when, you know, they're not also, they're also not listening to, again, Brett Weinstein or someone like that. Uh, Who's that other guy that's really good? That's uh, Jeffrey Miller, Mm. these sorts of guys. So everyone's finding the the just the, the dumbest version of their opposing argument and using that to argue against. Yeah. Everyone's just straw manning and you can make a career out of it and you can get famous and make millions and millions of dollars. And look, it's it's sad, but that's the world we live in. Um mm. I, I also think America seemingly is very different to Australia mm. in that I think the culture there actually is more it's far more materialistic, and I think that's also that's not necessarily just an organic American thing. I think the the way that the economy has been there for many decades means it's just if, if you're working class or even middle class there, it's just a far more brutal society. You don't you don't have the same advantages and privileges that you do in a in a maybe a more centrist uh, country like Australia. And you know, you I heard a statistic recently that. Uh, something like 90% of families or maybe it was a high percentage of families now because of inflation in America have had to skip meals. And this is this is the sort of economic conditions there. So it, it, it's more brutal in that sense where, you know, people are looking to fame and, and you know, materialism and commercialism. It's, it's the mecca of that, isn't it? So uh, I, I don't think a podcast like that would be as popular in a country like yeah. Australia. Um, and then you've I've seen uh, studies before that have shown when women aren't allowed into the workforce and, and don't have economic uh, uh, independence, yeah, they are going to look for a rich man because it makes perfect sense. I mean, that's what they're going to be looking for, economic security and security in general. But as women have moved into the workforce and are earning their, mo- their own money, they're not... They're not as incentivized to find a, a man who's going to take care of them. They don't. They don't need that. So mm. uh, things economically are, are, are sort of impacting. I think some of the narratives that they're espousing on that on that podcast. And I'll just think there's just a there's a confluence of factors that have all come together yeah. to to make them very popular. Yeah. And I'm sure there's a lot of young guys that are growing up in maybe some some of these uh, environments in i would i would think many uh poorer men or, or or sort of men who are in uh you know working class areas of of the states and and the other thing to think about is like hey look these these are two men of color mm-hmm. if we want to get uh if we want to analyze the uh mm-hmm. the intersectional aspects of that and we have seen on other stati- on 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 online dating, men of color sometimes do have it worse. And again, that just plays into maybe a lot of young American men who are black or brown thinking, well, what am I, you know, is it me? Am I an asshole? Oh no, look, these guys are, have, have helped me understand that I'm not the asshole. There's nothing wrong mm-hmm. with me. It's, it's women, it's feminism, it's, you know, it's just exactly. culture, it's the West, mm-hmm. it's all of these factors. And uh, I'm going to sit here and watch this podcast and, you know, cheer for this guy to kick these women and off. And it feels and just- um, 
like you said, it strokes their ego one. It gives them like, you know, the validation that it's easier to accept. It's not me. It's them. It's always easy. That's always going to feed an ego. And what's, you know, smart about this podcast is they provide solutions. And that is one, becoming successful and two, becoming extremely good looking. Um, And it's an interesting point because they always harp on about, the women and, and the making the money and, you know, using men for money. And he uses um, this example where he was like, if I went into a McDonald's today and saw a girl who was 19 and she was good looking, I would ask her out. No issue. She'd probably say yes. And first of all, I have an issue with the fact that he's 31 and he constantly refers to the peak woman as a 19 year old. Um, but Then he said, if the roles were reversed, she would never come into McDonald's, a high earning woman and ask for my number. So therefore, by that logic, you can treat women like trash and use them for sex because they're only using you for money. And I understand when people look at women and see them on these seeking arrangement websites. And he even said seeking arrangements is the only website I use for dating. So 100% of the women that you're going to come across in the single dating pool for this guy is going to be women seeking money because that's literally the purpose of that dating website where they say one of them went on saying, you know, you tried to poach me and or, you know, approach me, sorry. And I told you my allowance was $10,000 a month and you said you couldn't afford that. And he was like so angry that she was threatening his ego. But at the same time, like one, yeah, right about it's, you know, the workforce and things like that, women in the workforce. But two, like it's so easy. It is so easy to do and make money. If someone said, oh, if you just look pretty and go out for dinner with someone and get $10,000 a month, don't act like you wouldn't do the same thing. I actually saw a video on it this morning. Um, I wasn't looking up this podcast, but it's just having to come on my feed where this woman was saying she got asked a question I think she was on live and um she was like the question was would you ever do OnlyFans and she was like look if I was struggling and I wanted to make or I just wanted to make some like quick money like yeah I might consider it like why not and then she was with a guy and in the background he's like that's fucking disgusting and she goes um if someone offered you a hundred dollars for a dick pic would you do it? And he's like, hell yeah, I'd do it for $10. Like just the hypocrisy of it is astounding. And it's the same thing that these guys say the most hypocritical things in their podcasts, but don't connect that. And there's one clip of a woman who she didn't word it well, but she's one of the few women that tried to push back on onto them and was saying, Um, because, you know, all their clips are of them disrespecting women, telling them to shut up. They show every time the woman talks in their podcast, he gets out his phone, rolls his eyes, those kind of things, Um, or just starts talking over her to shut her up because she's been talking for too long. Just blatant disrespect to women. And she... She started saying, like, why why are you like this? Like, why do you treat women like they're lesser than? Um, why do you make yourself seem so high and mighty just because you're a man? And why is it such an issue if a woman doesn't want to have sex? Why does that, automate, that automatically make her trash? Like, why does she lose all value as a human because she didn't want to have sex with you in that moment? And he says... 
he doesn't answer the question and instead goes, it's a woman choice to say no to have no to having sex, but it's a man's choice to say, then fuck you, I'm leaving. Like, you know, we each have a choice to make. We're equal. So he kind of like dances around the questions and never actually answers them, like what she's trying to get at there. And, you know, what the reason why I think that I find this podcast so triggering and this is controversial to say, I'm not trying to say that they're abusive men, the, the guys that do this. I think they're dickheads, but I'm not saying they're abusive. But you know how I've talked to you, uh, maybe on the podcast as well, but definitely to you about how working in child protection compared to Western Sydney, as I do currently, where, you know, you work with some difficult people, but the, the men from Western Sydney compared to when I previously worked in like Mossman, Northern Beaches, super affluent areas are extremely different. And the ones from more affluent areas are basically the richer they were and more successful they were were much harder to work with and had much higher levels of domestic violence. And their personalities are spot on exactly the same as the guys that have this podcast, where they speak very confidently, speak very well, talk a whole lot of facts and never once actually answer the question that you ask. They never admit to anything. Uh, you cannot move them from A to B. It's like how I talked about working with narcissists. It's truly like that. And what was interesting is there's this viral clip about, like we talked about before, with when he came onto the Carl and Jackie O show and they ripped him a new one and then hung up on him because of what he was saying, basically, like she's a cheater or she has Instagram. And afterwards, they showed this clip of one of the producers who was a woman was yeah, trying to that. call him <laughs> to get him to come onto the show. And he refused to speak to her because he's a woman. So a man had to call him back and say, come on the show or sorry about her. She's, <laughs> she, she's so bad. Don't worry about her. And then he convinced her, even though he said the exact same things that she did. And it's just like, how does someone hate women that much and it makes sense like you can justify the fact that you don't have haven't had a relationship and say it's because you're a high value man and you don't want to be tied down but really there's so much hate there and and hate comes from hurt so something would have happened to this guy he's probably mm. been oh, really severely rejected multiple times before having his comeback era and he even says when i'm done or when i want to settle down I'll go to the Middle East and find myself a girl there. So I think there is that kind of maybe that I don't know if he actually is um, culturally affiliated to the Middle East, but he has talked about like Muslim communities and their way of dating. And that's what he subscribes to. So <laughs> it is interesting, like how he just views like a woman's role is to be passive and never, ever stand up for herself, to never roll over, to allow him to have sex with whoever and the worst part the most frustrating part was he had one girl come onto his show i don't know if you've seen this clip and <laughs> she's very much like a, a pick me girl and she speaks really well as you know like they do and she was like um you know if a man's earning six figures or more expect that you're going to be one of three women you just know your place and expect that and he's like thank you thank you this is my point see there are some women and i was like Ugh. 
like come on it's so annoying that and he just like put her everywhere and was saying there are some women like this which he probably one paid her to do it or two she's really just trying to impress them uh, because that's not how like if you want to talk about biology it's in our biology to have a functioning safe person a partnership and a relationship more so than it is to reject every single person and refuse to settle down and spread your seed everywhere you know it's not it just doesn't make sense anyway i'm gonna take a deep breath now we'll get worked up (laughs) fair enough i well, my big criticism is that they're making it impossible to have a lot of the nuanced conversations yeah. about some of the issues they talk about because they're held up as the standard bearer for uh, men who who maybe are disgruntled with the modern culture around dating. And you're like, no, this is the, the, the worst possible example of that. Mm. And so I want to make the, the point that if anyone does like what they say or is listening to them check out uh brett brett weinstein and heather hying mm. that is the that is just the they're the kindergarten level of those sorts of topics and brett and heather are as advanced and nuanced as you can get um jeffrey miller is a good one as well and uh i, I would strongly recommend you know if you're gonna laugh at some of their clips all right, fine, but don't take what they say as legitimate fact. I mean, it's just so hard to argue with people who or even have a discussion with someone who is so convinced that they are right and that their whole narrative is everyone else has been misinformed by the culture at large and you can't have a discussion with someone like that. A discussion involves both parties respecting each other's viewpoint and opinion and whether you disagree with it you at least give people time to speak and you usually will say things like all right i haven't thought about it that way or i can see what you're saying but have you you you, you know you ask questions you're curious you're inquisitive but their whole thing is just to shout down everyone and and not even listen and like Mm. again to be fair they get the dumbest people on Mm. there so yeah if they do look smart compared to who they have yeah um so yeah look uh, overall what they're doing for 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 truly nuanced conversations about some of the topics that they cover is terrible. Mm. Um, And, you know, I'm sure there are echo chambers on the other side that are finding clips of them and saying, oh, look, see, this is what, this is why we can't talk about the differences between men and women because men will just use it as a way to denigrate women and, 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 and that's what he says all the time. Yeah. He says that he's like any man that says I'm, you know, not right and I'm wrong, they're only saying that because they fear being shamed by women, even though it's factual. Like like you said, there is no way to challenge these people. Like you and I disagree a lot on things, but we always give each other the space to talk and say, yeah, fair point every time. But like never once have these men thought, I might be wrong here or uh, maybe I'm wrong. And what's really pisses me off about it is how often they're saying what women experience and then the women they're with are like, no, that's not true. And he will just be like, lie. Like there's one clip of him talking with um, some women 
And they kind of called him out saying, well, you haven't been in a relationship before and you're here giving relationship advice on how to be successful. Like it doesn't really make sense. And you're saying you should never be vulnerable in a relationship, but relationships need vulnerability in order to progress, build trust, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, no, they don't. You should never be vulnerable. A man should never talk about his feelings. A man should never cry, blah, blah, blah. Like you're lying if you say that's important. And the women were like, it is important. And it's bring me, it's brought me closer to my partners. Like it's highly important. He was saying, you're telling me that if a man cried in front of you, you wouldn't ever just, you wouldn't just walk away and never look at him the same. And they were like, no, 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 of course not. Then he looks at the camera and he's like, see, this is exactly what I mean, where women are lying to themselves and to us in order to make themselves look better and like stuff. And it's just, he's just so sold on his own narrative that is clearly just his his ego, but you can't bring him out of it because he has hundreds of thousands of people agreeing with him and, and listening to him. Um, and it's it's really harmful, I think. Like it's makes me scared to think of the young men that are listening to this thinking, okay, well, this is how I've got to, you know, function as an adult now. Well, to, to take a broader step from just that podcast, I think we do have to ask, okay, why are so many young men listening to someone like that? Why do they feel like they've been shut out from uh, I guess more mainstream conversations about about dating, about mm. um, relationships and and culture, and the thing with the vulnerability, you know, if if two people had a, a sort of nuanced back and forth with something like that, there are things to say about that because I remember that Instagram story I put up a couple of months ago. I asked, uh, hey, as a man, if you've expressed vulnerability in a relationship, did that go well for you? And fifty percent of people said no. Um, so. You know, there's a way to talk about these things without it immediately being an attack on women constantly yeah. uh, trying to make themselves look good. Um, and I, I just come back to the main point I'm I'm making in 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 this podcast, which is like they're just bastardizing the conversation around these issues to the point where this is just then it just doesn't become. You know, it's like when there's the 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 worst possible you know, Trump voting, white supremacist, mm. b- insert, you know, insert slur is held up as as the uh, average uh, conservative or right-wing opinion. And then, you know, just no one who has a nuanced opinion can even articulate themselves because, you know, there's just certain things that you might say that people immediately link to, oh, that's that's I, I can see where this is going. I, I know what views you represent and I don't want to have that conversation. So mm. yeah, it's uh it's it's rough. Another good guy to, to listen to is Chris Williamson, uh Modern Wisdom. I'd be interested to see what you think of him if you ever get a chance yeah. to listen to him. I know I actually have a I, I, I know a girl who listens to him who who really likes What's his him. Name? He, Chris Chris Williamson, Modern Wisdom um is his youtube channel mm-hmm. and uh so like just listen to the, the people who i'm mentioning if you like fresh and fit just give these other guys a go um chris williamson is far more nuanced in his approach and and he's very calm and he'll interview a range of people and and people he disagrees with and he and he'll question them but he'll also question himself mm-hmm. and that's really a key factor in you know 
I don't even think emotional intelligence, just outright intelligence. Are you able to question your own views? Mm. Because if you've adopted a narrative that think about the, the 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 way you view the world, if if you don't have any room to change your perspective of the world, to think about how you could be wrong or a way to adapt and advance and and move forward your ideas, then then you're basically in a cult. You're you're in an ideology that's self-serving and probably likely isn't uh, too close to the objective truth. Mm -hmm. So I think that's what's happened. There's a community of young men and you know what? Probably young men of color in America that have grown up in a in a in a society that has uh, liberalized from previous very strict cultural codes, but hasn't adapted to any new cultural codes, or or those new cultural codes is, aren't really appealing to them and feel restrictive and and not particularly well thought out. And maybe they have grown up in in a in a household where either the the father was uh, a tyrant and held the status or they had a neglectful mother who uh, didn't really you know fulfill her responsibility maybe that's because she was working two jobs she was a single mother i mean it's, it's it is economically a lot harder in america mm-hmm. so there's a range of factors that could play into this and uh you know they've they've grown up with mass media you see sex everywhere porn and hip hop music which i i, I <laughs> the older i get the more i just have a the most boomer fox news opinion about rap music i love I love listening to it. I love writing it. Uh, but uh, the culture that it creates and the the young men who are subsumed into this sort of very opulent, this this yearning for an opulent uh, rock star rap lifestyle, it's terrible. I think it's te- it, it really uh, impacts young men, young uh, black and brown men as well. And, you know. Do you think that that, that's- that culture is prevalent, like the hip hop one? Uh, in Australia as well with young men? Yeah, not not to the same degree, but yeah, definitely. Mm. Yeah, I mean, when I was a kid, I was, me and all my friends were listening to 50 Cent and Eminem and yeah. you don't realise, but the, just the values that do seep into your consciousness there. And, uh, again, I don't, I don't know because I don't know what to do about it. It's, I, I, I yeah. wouldn't go so far as to say it needs to be regulated or something like that. But <laughs> it used to be. Oh, remember it used to be the CDs? What it is? It's just it's trash. It's not racist to say hip hop <laughs> creates a bad culture in yeah. in in coloured communities. Actually, mm. it's mostly trash. Yeah, there's some great hip hop artists out there, but uh, definitely the culture it creates. I'll 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 die on that hill. Uh, is 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 de- it's degeneracy. Remember we'll though, go, like, we'll even go that far. It used to be regulated when they have CDs that are like MA15 and you have to have a parent yeah, and you buy them. Yeah. Oh, those are the My mum bought them but you know what's, I convinced her. Do you know what's interesting though <laughs> is I used to be like a diehard hip-hop fan like my whole childhood, um, even into my 20s. But you and I have such different brain (laughs) i guess the way we learn is very very different and i never paid attention to the lyrics ever at all never thought about it never even made the connection never analyzed it never had any logic behind 
the lyrics I was listening to. And half the time I didn't actually listen to it. I loved hip hop because of the beat um, was satisfying to me. Mm. So it's interesting. <laughs> like, I feel like young people like you um, that do actually think about things and probably pay more attention or even that are auditory learners are probably picking up on those things more than other people will as well. But that being said, you know, I've worked with so, so many teenage boys that their dream is to mm. be... Um, to be a drill rapper. Yeah, and one... Yeah, and they're all stabbing each other in Western <laughs> Sydney. Yeah, great culture. Well, great. what was interesting though is half of the... Probably actually most of them had very limited life experience obviously one being young but they didn't do those things either they just lived a casual teenage life and then they'd make these um like i work with these two boys and we even filmed a music video for them (laughs) and paid for it all got it produced and their the lyrics were so like brutal and it was like fucking bitches and then meanwhile i'm working with them and they're like i've never kissed a girl um and they go to school every single day and they do really well you know who Mm. Obama had a great quote a couple of years ago because uh, he's held up as you know the the the, you know, the, the black hero, mm. and there's so much footage of him and his wife going and talking to black students and saying you know pull your pants up you're not going to be a rapper you think you're going to be the next Lil Wayne probably not go to college get a job, and that's what they need to hear because if a white person says it it's oh that's a bit racist mm-hmm. but. No, Killer Mike, I think, said the same thing. Hey, look, you need to just go and get a trade. You're not going to be the next Lil Wayne. And I'm saying this as someone who has actually made a career in the arts. But look, unless you're showing like extraordinary talent from a young age and winning competitions and really have the – those people know. And everyone thinks, yeah, I'm like that. You're probably not, okay? Just just get a job. Get a normal job. And you know what? You'll live a much better life and you'll be able to provide for your children. And it's, it's just, there's so many people out there, oh, yeah, you know, I'm trying to be a rapper. And like, dude, <laughs> just give it up. Literally. <laughs> I mean, that's such, a, that's such a brutal way of saying it. But uh, yeah, keep it as a side hobby. Keep it as yeah, a side hustle. Yeah, do both. Um, do both. You know, follow your dreams, but do it as a secondary hobby. I hundred percent agree and like you said you have to have you have to be talented I, when i worked in this old job we actually used to have rap battles all the time it was like a weekly thing at chatswood youth center yeah. and we'd have like 50 kids come in and even <laughs> i would get on the mic me and my boss we'd have a rap battle and we'd like do all these things improv and they'd all go oh crazy God. and then we'd hand the mic to a kid and they'd be like yeah yo your mum, she's a fucking bitch. Yeah, she's a snitch. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's the yeah. most... And then they'd run out and then <laughs> hand it on to someone else. <laughs> no one could actually you can't, do it. <laughs> yeah, you, you really can't uh, help it. it, it what <laughs> rap does evoke is... And, and I always my, my whole workout playlist is hip-hop because it, it does yeah. evoke this very kind of caveman, uh, you know, inner manliness yeah. that I think... The the if if uh, whatever you want to call it progressive culture or you know just more left leaning culture wants to actually bring some of these young men who are falling down the what is often described as the what is often wrongfully described as the alt right pipeline the incel pipeline the manosphere pipeline falling into you know becoming these sorts of uh, 
you know, unscrupulous hip hop magnates or whatever you want to call them, they got to start thinking, well, how, what are we doing wrong that's making young boys feel like they don't uh, have a place in, in our tribe, in our ideology? And, and why do they feel the need to, to seek out these things that give them a sense of purpose and meaning and fulfillment? And I, I do actually think it comes back to some of the topics that Fresh and Fit talk about, which is that there is this sort of idea that everything is socially constructed and the only reason men act tough and and have certain proclivities that on average women don't is because society has told them to do that, which, yeah, it's a combination of both for sure, but there is also an innate biology that isn't, that is being maybe repressed or, or suppressed in, in a lot of young men and, and there needs to be an outlet for yes. that kind of masculinity and and for it to not be uh expressed in a hate the word but toxic way no you're Um, 100% right because when you think about young people and how they express their masculinity what do you do if you're not good at sport you know and I feel like boys struggle with that um and they can lead to hip-hop because it is that masculine primitive like the beat the the words, everything, it is a masculine energy and it is it is enjoyable and I think it's good in that sense, it's that outlet. But what other outlets can there be for masculinity other than physical sport if you're not good at it or you don't enjoy it? So it's just something to dwell on, I guess, other than playing is, video is. games and dominating people well, there, So, which I think yeah. is the alternative which people often go to. Yeah. Yeah, um, you know what? Mandatory self-defense training at every school. I think that'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> What's well, not? Yeah, yeah. What? What are you losing? You, you know, you get you're giving people the ability to touch wood if it ever does come. Yeah. If they, if if a junkie or an attacker tries to rob you, you got at least some a better chance to defend yourself, and you feel a bit more confident when you know basic fighting skills, and yeah. you're able to. Uh, conduct yourself in a manner that is is uh different to you to what you would if you didn't know how to defend yourself Mm. to a reasonable degree and you know for both genders i think that's that could be good it's also it's also physical activity and you know that's where people can get a bit iffy saying oh well we shouldn't be promoting physical activity for young people because it 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 makes people who are struggling with their weight feel bad and that's where well yeah that that's maybe where the whatever you want to call it woke culture is mm. de- clearly going too far yeah. like well if they feel bad they got to deal with that because overall it's gonna be good for the kids to do um something like that maybe even every day it's such knows? a healthy way to build your esteem like rather than saying like these fish whatever that fresh and fit fish <laughs> fresh and fit guys Fish and fresh. <laughs> Shit. Rather than saying like get rich and get handsome, it's such a good way, an easier way to be build your self esteem. Like for example, my um my older brother was a really like little teenager. Like he was very small compared to everyone. Um, he was a bit bullied because of it. Then he started like ten different types of martial arts. Um as in his teens um he became really good he competed across australia um he still does it now he does uh, bjj but i remember like such a a fundamental time in his life when he was 
a teen or 18 or something like that. And he was driving his car and he was still in his gi and he had like his, I think a black belt or something on. And this, he got, he into, I don't know, he did something, he pissed someone off and this man's beeping and he gets out of his car ready to arc up. And then my brother just steps out in his gi and then straight away he's like, sorry, man. Nah, it's all good. It's all good. Didn't even have to like do anything or fight him. Uh, just that presence and the respect that came from it and thinking, oh, this is a challenge I, know I don't want to take. Um, and then he coincidentally did, though, happen to get in a lot of situations where he had to rely on his talents to save the situation uh which made me think mm, maybe there's a little bit of ego in there oh, definitely <laughs> but yeah. Look, there's no perfect solution yeah, but here. there's it, always going to be male ego exactly. and testosterone and all of I this think overall it's there so are better healthy outlets. and i think it's a really like if you want to get obsessed with something make it something that's good for your mind and your body like that um and and can protect you and actually be really useful i know i always want to put my kids into um doing martial arts and their carers or parents or even people from my work are like no you don't want to put violent kids in and teach them how to be more violent and i did that with this one boy he was 12 and he was extremely extremely violent and he was really strong at 12 years old he was 75 kilos and a whole head taller than me and i'm already quite tall i'm like 166 centimeters and he was the biggest 12 year old you've ever seen everyone would say he's he's at least 17 and he was very, very violent. He had an extremely traumatic past. So we put him into martial arts um, with actually, I got him this mentor. I can't say his name, but he was like a relatively famous um, person that I paid $600 an hour for. I'll tell you who it is afterwards. And they did martial arts together. And it was the respect thing where this kid who had gotten his way with everyone because of his size and, and strength, all of a sudden had a guy bigger than him teaching him how to be respectful and teaching him when to use your fists, when to use your strength and things like that. And it was amazing what it did to one, regulate him, um, help him keep control, keep his cool and actually not go to violence as an answer anymore. It did the opposite of what everyone was saying he would do. So very interesting. I love it. Yeah, I think... Uh in these sorts of primary care industries that you're that you're in and teaching and things are actually what a lot of some of these podcasters will talk about is there is a lack of men yeah. in there now that's not anything structural it's just men don't want to do that but mm. i think it would be good to have more men in teaching sure. and in in industries that will uh influence uh boys mm. at a young age because the the classic trope is the father's overworked and hardly has much time with their kids and it's usually the the mother that's uh, spending the most time on a, on a day-to-day level interacting with the children but more men do need to take a proactive role in raising yeah uh, especially their sons and if not you, they're navigating a very confusing and uh, ever-changing cultural landscape so it's it's your duty as a father to help them navigate that and understand some of the challenges they are going to face, mm. which are probably going to be very different challenges you faced in the 80s, 90s or mm. t- 2000s, depending on when you've had the kid. But 
Um, mm. that, that, that we should do a podcast on, well, we already have done a few on, you know, raising boys and things, but how to better uh, get people who are falling down what could be described as dangerous pipelines. And a lot of these pipelines aren't even that dangerous. I mean, people will say Jordan or, you know, arguably even me, I'm a dangerous, well, I'm a dangerous route to like radical views <laughs> or something. But, you know, mm. when there are a lot of uh, younger guys who um, are feeling excluded, the worst thing you can do is just be like, oh, you're an incel and you're a loser. Well, then they're just, they're just going to keep listening to the the people that make them feel included and give them an outlet mm. to their frustration and help them understand the world in a way that doesn't reflect poorly on them and the decisions they've made. Whereas uh, if, if there's a way to, you know, bring these people back, if you want to call it that, or mm. just, you know, include these people and, and ha- have them exist in a more mainstream cultural setting, then that's probably what people need to be thinking and that's even politicians they need to be thinking that mm. and not just oh there's some there's a there's a toxic culture out there and and men it needs to be purged well, how about no how do we mm. why are so many young men falling uh, not falling but like being wanting to listen to these sorts of podcasts and adopting views that probably i, I don't know i don't think the average man would have would have thought that way even in the 70s and 80s i mean maybe who, you know you, look i don't know yeah maybe i think a big part of but, it for young men in particular is that if we were going to go back to biology is that teenage boys in particular have the highest level and desire of being rebellious and doing things that are considered risky and we've talked about previously that the reason being is otherwise you know back in the day they would have mated within their tribe um so it was biologically effective for teenagers to be rebellious and seek sexual companions and challenges outside of their tribe in order to you know procreate blah 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 um and that is something that is extremely innate in teenagers so how can you or how can we as a society provide teenagers with that, um, you know, those avenues for risk and challenge and things like that without it being extremely detrimental in the long term? Like I would rather my kid, um, you know, in an ideal world, not experiment with hardcore drugs to feel rebellion and challenge, but do one of those like mud challenges or something like that or sports <laughs> like, you know that would be ideal yeah um well, in a dream world and for some people the, that's what the they do is, though <laughs> if we're telling them to do a certain thing then that they're going to be rebellious yeah. against that so it's a challenge it's isn't it the, it's a challenge yeah. for parents and for society but uh and we'll leave this one there did you have any concluding remarks on uh on the old fresh and fit just don't don't listen <laughs> Just don't, just don't do it. <laughs> yeah, there are better podcasts out there. Look up Modern Wisdom and uh, Brett and, and sex Heather. Yeah, of course, of course, obviously. That's the best. <laughs> I'm trying to think if there are any others. Um, there's a podcast Jordan Peterson did with a guy called Rob Henderson. It's got a lot of views and it's very interesting. Rob Henderson is this data analyst that uh, has compiled a lot of data about dating trends and culture and 
that I found very Have interesting. Have you and um, Jordan ever done a podcast on like young boys or masculinity or incels or things along those lines? Oh, we talk about it pretty much every podcast, <laughs> but uh, a specific one we haven't done for a while, I don't mm, think. But that'd be interesting. No, it's really become a mainstream. I know there's probably a lot of listeners thinking, oh, they bang on about this, but it's just so prevalent yeah. and could be the social media echo chamber I'm in, but it's something mm. that uh, is actually becoming more popularized, uh, which, like I said, was previously these ideas were just in little blogs and yeah. the, the the problem is so many of these seemingly controversial viewpoints have a kernel of truth to them, but the truth is then warped yeah. and it becomes yeah. this sort of narrative that then is uh, it's, it's self-fulfilling and just perpetuates a narrative that mm-hmm. is not necessarily the objective truth. So exactly. it's hard to discern from that truth to the, the you know, what, what the sensationalism is, but I'm going to try and do that. All right, well, we'll leave it there. Um, tell us what you think. Uh, if you're a fan of their podcast, uh, let us know in the comments uh, or if you have any other views um, and any other good podcast recommendations that deal with those sorts of issues, let us know in the in the comments and come see me live, comedyuntamed.com. Newcastle, Brisbane, Melbourne, Sydney, Western Sydney. And follow Sex Sales Podcast on both Instagram and TikTok. We'll see you next time. We're, we're getting close to that 100th episode. Oh, my God. So we'll, Happy days. We'll see you next see time. See you next week.